Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Total Screamers podcast. Today, I am joined by Billy. Say hello, Billy. Hello, mate. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. And we're also joined by Adam. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you both? Splendid. Very well, thank you. Good. And today we're going to be talking transfers. So obviously deadline day is done. All the deals are now complete. As far as we're aware, there's been no loopholes where people can sign people. (laughs) So, you know, a a busy transfer window, I think, boys. I think over a a billion pounds spent again by British teams. And (laughs) Billy, we'll start with a transfer I know that uh, sort of cut you quite deep was the the biggest deal of the the window. It was Jack Grealish moving from Aston Villa to Manchester City. £100 million. But Adam, we'll start with you first. What did you make of the deal at the time? And do you think it will be a success? Um... (sighs) Do you know what? From a Villa point of view, I I actually think it was pretty good business. Like, oh, like Jack Grealish is obviously a, a star quality player, but to get a hundred mil, I think the you know when the was it the chairman that came out and did the video on Twitter? Yeah, the CEO. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So when when they explained that and and he sort of said they set the price tag at a hundred million, sort of thinking slash hoping nobody would pay it. And then somebody goes and pays it, pays it. Like, how, how can you turn down that sort of money? And I think they've reinvested it, you know, pretty well. Like, they've brought in Leon Bailey, who's obviously uh, still still really young from Leverkusen. Um, he's got a, a really bright, promising future ahead of him. Um, obviously, Danny Ings is a known Premier League goal scorer. Um, he's always going to have his injury problems. But if he does stay fit, even for a bulk of the season, you know he's going to get goals. Um, you've got. Was it on? Well, you've got Fonsebi on alone as well, right? Yeah, Fonsebi on alone. He, I, I genuinely before Varane uh, came into Manchester United, I was genuinely sat there saying Fonsebi is their most talented centre back. Um, and then unfortunately for them, they just didn't really uh, get the best out of him. They didn't really try and you know get a string of games going for him. Hopefully Aston Villa will, and and he can really flourish there as well. Um, Buendia as well from Norwich, thirty-eight million. One of their one of literally their best players, in my opinion. Um, so I think, look, I think you've reinvested the money really well. I think you'll actually maybe even be better for it. Um, and look, I think, as I said before, a hundred million for 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 that sort of player is you can't say no from a point of view. Anyway. <clears throat> Joe, Adam, I'd have to agree with you. I think. Like you say, 100 million. It was like Liverpool sold Coutinho. And, you know, the comparison <laughs> has, has been made between the two. Your star player goes for 100, 100 plus million pounds. You invest it, you strengthen the squad in other areas. And I think, I think for you, Billy, I think it's a good thing because you're not reliant now on Jack Grealish, mm. just trying to give him the ball and, and force him to do everything. I think, <laughs> you know, we, we've seen Danny Ings bagging goals already, like he, like he does. Um, yeah. Billy, We'll move on to you. I know you'll probably want to get it over and done with and get it out of the way. 
<laughs> what did you make of, of sort of the transfer and Villa's um, counter counter buying after the, the Jack Grealish move? Uh, yes, as as you both know, I was quite vocal. I thought that he would stay. Um, that was without knowing that he had a release clause in his contract. Um, if he had a release clause in his contract, then I'd have resigned to the fact that he was leaving anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, as you say, we've invested the money really well. Um, Danny Ings, as, as you both mentioned, just an out-and-out goal scorer. You're guaranteed that he's going to score at least 15 goals a season. Add that to Wally Watkins as well. And you're looking at uh, easily 30 goals between them. You'd like to think mm-hmm. for the season. Injuries, obviously, have played, not played a factor to that. Um, Leon Bailey as well. We've only seen about 20, 30 minutes from him and he's got an assist. <laughs> He's an um, exciting player, isn't he, Bailey? Yeah, he's re- really exciting. You see him and he's he's what we missed. It's what we have missed since missing Jack Grealish, if you know what I mean, in the direct mm-hmm. running. You saw that when he came on against Watford. He just wants the ball and he'll run, which is something we've really missed since he got that hamstring injury just before Newcastle. So he wasn't available for the other two games against Newcastle and Brentford. Hopefully he'll be back for the Chelsea game. Fingers crossed. Um, and then Buendia as well, who, if I'm being honest with you, I think I've been a little bit disappointed with. I thought he would bring a bit more creative, a bit more of a creative spark to his game. Um, but I don't know, that could just be because he's not properly settled in yet. There's still this massive question mark as to around Villa as to how we're going to play. We've not got our best team yet mm-hmm. with three games in. Watkins has been out injured. Bailey's been out injured. And then we miss McGinn as well um, and Mings against Brentford. So it's just been an injury riddled like beginning to the season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling positive into how we've reinvested the money. I'd have liked to have seen us gone and get another defensive midfielder as well. Just it's what I mentioned at the back end of last season. We needed that big, strong, tall, defensive midfielder who can break up the play, spread a ball, win headers, that kind of thing. But as you mentioned, Adam, we've got Twanzebe. He can play that role if needs be. We've got Ashley Young, who's very versatile. He played that role against Brentford alongside Douglas Louise. So we've got versatile players. Whether we really need that this season remains to be seen. Um, But yeah, to be honest with you, I was just glad that the Grealish saga was over with by mm-hmm. when it was I, it going on until deadline day would just have been horrendous absolutely yeah. horrendous so yeah by the end of it I was just like thank god it's over kind of thing yeah we've we've reinvested the money well you do you Jack brother <laughs> off and and you mentioned earlier will he be a success I think it's hard not to be a success in that Man City side to be honest with you yeah no, I'd have to agree. And if you want to hear Billy talk more about Aston Villa, if you're a Villa fan, our new sort of sister show, Total Villains, is out now. So hit that up on Spotify and wherever else you can get get your podcasting needs. That is out now. And Billy is the main host on that, and he has plenty of strong opinions. Just let me say yes, that. Yes. Moving on to a bit of a, as some people will say, a lighter note, is Arsenal and Arsenal's transfer window. I know a lot of people online and pundits and things like that are, are sort of, Almost been laughing at Arsenal's transfer window. Billy, I know you've been quite uh, jokey in the, in the group chat. Yeah. And <laughs> been quite vocal about it. Adam, we'll come to you first. What did you make of Arsenal's transfer window? And did you think it was a transfer window? Did you think they had the correct sort of outlay of money? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, look, we have I, it. I, we have I, it. <laughs> Look, I don't, I, I don't think Arsenal had as bad a window as some people claim, but it certainly wasn't good. Um, I, I think, I think spending fifty million on Ben White, I think, is obviously a big sort of topic of conversation. <laughs> he's all right, like he's all right. Thirty million on Aaron Ramsdale. <laughs> yeah, that. So, so that's the one. Actually, that's that's the one that just makes zero sense to me. I just, mm. I just can't understand it all. Like, I, I, I get that maybe they're looking to a future position where Leno might move on. I think he's only got a year left on his contract now. Um, but thirty million 
for Ramsdale. Like, I think I saw him have like one good game for Sheffield United last season. <laughs> um, and ironically, it was in Liverpool. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but look, I, I yeah, that's the one I really don't get. But Ben White, I I don't mind it as a sign. I think fifty million is you're obviously paying like the English premium on top of that as well, and the fact that he's young and could develop into something. Mm. Um, uh, the Odegaard transfer was something I thought they maybe had to do. Um, I, I thought Odegaard I transfer, yeah, yeah, he, he and I think it was only about thirty million, something like that. I actually think that was really smart business. Um, as you said, he brings a different dynamic to the squad, and as well, he's he's another one of those young players that because that's the route they seem to be taking now, right? They seem to be buying mm. these young players that are almost like for the future. He sort of goes into that the the category of the the Sackers, the Tiernies, um the Smith Rose that are like almost this burst of life in the Arsenal squad in in what is an ever an ever dying team. Um <laughs> look, they've the the whole the whole situation with Martinelli is is another thing. Should he have been allowed to go? I would agree, yeah, when when he clearly doesn't want to play for the club anymore. Mm. Um they got they got rid of a lot of players. They had a, I was looking at their outgoings. They've got a lot of outgoings. Um, yeah. Joe Willock was a big one. I think Newcastle needed Joe Willock. I think it was brilliant for them. I'm sure we'll, we'll maybe come on to that at some point. For Arsenal, though, I thought, you know, Joe, Joe Willock is probably one of the few players that would be in that Arsenal team that actually would fight to, to win a game and, and almost like fight for the club. You saw it at Newcastle at the back end of last season. He fought every single minute he was on that pitch and got them some yeah. really good results to help them finish the season incredibly strong. And he did it against some big teams as well. And Arsenal lack those players that really, you know, they, like they, they fight, give everything they? to the yeah. game. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they they lack that. And so I thought letting him go was a huge mistake. Obviously, they had no intention to to, to play him. Otherwise, you know, that they wouldn't have done. I think there was Gwendouzi's gone gone back out on loan. I think it was to Marseille. He's obviously yeah. he doesn't have a future at the club. I don't think. It, um. I'm trying to think who else has got. I, oh, Bellerin went to Real Betis. Obviously, the Real, yeah. Real Betis supporter makes a lot of sense. It, it Terreira's gone. It, Saliba, you know, Willick. Yeah, it, it just seems with that the the they've they've let so many players go. There's some because it's not only just the ingoings; it's the outgoings. And I think they've let so many players go in a squad that it was struggling for quality anyway. <clears> yeah. I just I, I I don't know. It's a it's a difficult one with Arsenal. I think I think. I don't think they should have let the sheer volume of players go that they have. And I also don't think they necessarily invested in the right areas. Like I think a centre back was maybe the right area. I'm just not I'm not sure if Ben White was the right guy. They didn't need a goalkeeper right now. I think I think what they need is they they certainly need another forward that's gonna bring a different dimension to the team because Aubameyang looks a shadow of his former self. Lacazette had you know, he had an okay season last season, but he's certainly fallen off. And Nicolas Pepe, in my opinion, is still one of the worst transfers in Premier League history. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd agree with you. Um, Billy, I know, <clears throat> obviously, in, in the Screamers group chat, you've been chatting about Arsenal a lot. And yeah. I think deadline day signing Takiro Tom, Tomiasha, is it, from Bologna. I think he, he certainly caught your eye and, mm. and you had some quite strong words to say about that <laughs> signing. Well, to be honest with you, that, that signing, it was... Well, what I sent him was uh, the video of Carve Solico, I think his name is, on Sky, basically saying that said player, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name since it's impossible, um, <laughs> he was offered to many Premier League sides and they all turned him down. To me, this Arsenal signing just seems like they've he's offered to so many clubs and Arsenal have been the ones to go, yeah, we'll we'll try him. Why not? <laughs> Can't get much worse kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's Arsenal are the only team who have invested. They're the biggest spenders in the Premier League this window. And their team is no better or looks no better than what it started at last yeah. season. So you've got Ben White, obviously, who, like Adam said, you can mould. Because he's still young, you can still kind of mould him. He's got that English premium to him. That price tag, it's obviously a lot of money, but you've seen Harry Maguire go for 30 million more. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, but it's just so baffling as to how they've spent their money because they there's been a, a strange, strange rivalry as well, really, between Villa and Arsenal. 
it all started when Arsenal fans thought that they were getting Jack Grealish. Yeah. And Arsenal yeah. fans <laughs> even got Grealish 10 printed on the back of his shirt. It's And then we were obviously going in for Smith Row, which were sh- just stupid bids of so just low balling. It was, he was never going to come unless you offered at least 50 million or something, you mm. know? Um, but yeah, it all started through that. And I just find it quite amusing how they've gone on to spend 30 million on Aaron Ramsdale, who's got three relegations to his name in four years. Like he's a, he's a player that you shouldn't really touch as a top six side. He's a player that he's not, he's not your quality. He, yes. Yeah. He's young, but, Give him those years in the championship to mature, become a better goalkeeper, start, <laughs> yeah. and and then maybe spend year 30, if needs be, 40 million on him. But at least you're getting a good goalkeeper who's going to come in as your number one, who's been starting week in, week out for five, six, seven years, however long he plays for. And He's he's more mature in his game. It's thirty million for him is just absolutely think, baffling for me. I think I think for that you know he's arguably England's fourth choice goalkeeper, and you're yeah. paying thirty million. So you know, God knows how much fucking Pickford's going to be worth. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It, if if yeah, you're talking, you know, the fourth the fourth choice goalkeeper is worth thirty million. Everton can, you know, it's, I'm not. I don't think anyone wants to sign Jordan Pickford. <laughs> but you know, if, if if they did, Everton, you know, can send around and say, "Well, quadruple it." <laughs> like, yeah. no, <laughs> you're not wrong though either. And I yeah. think from Aaron Ramsdale's point of view, it's a great move for him. <laughs> well, you say you say that though, but as you say, he was England's fourth choice goalkeeper, still is maybe. But I'm just trying to work it out. He's not playing football now. He's not going to be playing Fifth. football. I think so. I, Sam Johnson, is, yeah. I think he's probably Sam better, Johnson, he? He might even be Nick fifth Pope yeah. as well. Yeah, Pope. Like, he's not going to. Yeah. He's not going to climb up that led ladder by sitting, sitting on, on the, the bench. bench at Arsenal. You need yeah. to. You need to be playing football, maturing in football, hmm. becoming a better goalkeeper, doing doing your job in the championship, kind of thing. You know, yeah. it, for me, although it's a big move for him, he can say that he's an Arsenal player. It's a massive honour to play at such a massive club. But come on, you also want to play football, don't you? Should be, should be. At his age, he should be. But yeah, I think I think it was a strange transfer window for me for Arsenal. Like you yeah. said, Billy, you know, they spent a lot of money, but arguably on paper, you know, they don't look any better. Time will tell. I think Ben White, the Ben White deal is a good deal for me. You yeah. know, the money's ridiculous, but it's English tax, and you know, he's he's a good looking lad, so he's going to go for that sort of money. <laughs> Stick him uh, on Love Island. Ten million more. <laughs> Speaking of good-looking men, we're going to move on to Chelsea because I think the biggest deal for them was losing Olivier Giroud this summer. You know, he went on a free transfer to AC Milan, or near enough a free transfer. But all joking aside, Chelsea have done some big business as well, as well as Manchester City. Obviously, their biggest business was signing, re-signing Romelu Lukaku from Inter Milan for ninety-seven point five million pounds they also secured Sol Niguez from Atletico Madrid on a loan deal on deadline day as well as Marcus Bettinelli who will fill that third fourth choice goalkeeper spot but Lukaku I mean scored on his debut against Arsenal bullied Ben White all game Um, (laughs) and uh, Adam we'll start with you what have you made of Chelsea's business their ingoings and their outgoings um, I, I thought outgoings get as always with Chelsea. It's brilliant. You know they mm. they tend to get a lot of money for players that maybe aren't necessarily worth that money. Um, I, I guess a bit like us in in that sort of in that sort it, of sense. Um, yeah, let, let, yeah. You know, they, they've got rid of a lot of a lot of dead wood. I, I think the one player, if if I was them, I probably wouldn't have moved on. Would have been Tamori. I, I think he's mm. excellent. Um, but obviously, look, they 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 have that that many defenders now <laughs> you know it, i'm guessing they just don't need him um Lukaku, as well, they've let go. Zuma's yeah, one, yeah. yeah zuma i think that was a brilliant brilliant buy for west ham i actually really rate zuma uh, i think only 30 million as well um uh but yeah like lukaku is he, he was he was a, a a beast for west brom for everton Man United, even he was a great goal scorer. Um, yeah. I know he, he didn't really fit that system. Um, I, I think this is where we might see a slightly different Lukaku 
in that he certainly uh, shrunk his size. He looks a lot more mobile. Um, yeah, although does. in the game against Liverpool, he, you know, it looked like it took him about five seconds to do one step over. Um, <laughs> he did look a bit heavy still. Um, but look, he's, I think we're going to see a slightly different Lukaku. And, and in that sense, I think that's because he, he genuinely suits his Chelsea system very well. Um, we saw it the, the best, obviously, against Arsenal. The way he sort of held players like Ben White off and allowed the runners to, to sort of come around him and play off of him. Um, I think he's going to suit them really, really well. And, and look, he's, he's a guaranteed goal scorer, even if he's not playing in a system that he necessarily suits. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's great business. Like obviously spending a hundred million on a player is, is, is outrageous, but you know, for, for them and, and their aspirations, if that's what they need to do, that's what they need to do. And, and, and is he going to get them closer to a title than they already were? Yeah, of course he is. Um, Sal Niguez, on the other hand, I, I, I didn't really think they needed another central midfielder. Um, or Atletico sort of needed, I know it's only a loan deal. Atletico sort of needed to get rid of him. I think, I think they were playing him at left back. Mm. Um, but he comes and, and I've seen a lot of Liverpool fans complaining. Um, you know, why, why weren't we in for him? Why weren't we in for him? It was only like 5 million uh, euro loan fee. I, I think the, the thing with Sal Niguez, and this is the reason I don't really get it, is firstly, I don't think Chelsea needed to strengthen again in, in the central midfield area. Uh, they've already got a good few talents in there, like Kovacic, like Jorginho, like Kante. Mason Mount can come back and play there. Um, I'm sure there's a few others as well that I'm missing. But it's the wages he's on as well. Like, he's on about 250k a week that they'll be paying. And that's, you know, like, he might fill in here and there, but I can't... The, the, it he's not going to start, really make is he? He's sense. not going to start no. week in, week out for that it money. Just, it, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And I think that's probably the main reason other clubs didn't do it. Because I know Liverpool were looking at him. I know Manchester United were yeah. looking at him. Both clubs decided not to. And, and I think that was the reason why. I mean, Manchester United, to be very probably would have started for them, but... I just think it's obscene an obscene amount to be paying a player to come to come to your club for a year if he's not really going to be playing. I don't. Mm. I just. I don't get that one. Um, but look, with, with the squad that they've had that they've built up over the last year or two, I think it's you can't really say that, that they've done bad business, especially with like, like I said, Lukaku coming in. I, we've been speaking about it all, all all summer. They're going to be strong title contenders and and arguably second favourites by Manchester City. Billy, much more to add on that. What do you make of the Lukaku deal that Adam hasn't already said? <laughs> uh, not a lot, to be honest with you. Just what what a player he is. Like mm. Adam said, he's trimmed down a lot. He seems to be a lot more mobile. And I think he's probably, I know I've used this word a lot today, but he's also matured as well since joining Inter Milanis. Yeah. I, th- I think I vaguely remember seeing an interview with him saying that he he didn't really know how to handle like the backlash kind of thing of like yeah. a bad game. And with it being at Man United with so many fans and online social media, it would have just been a horrible... It, and I genuinely feel so sorry for players that do have to go through that. Um, but one thing that he's learned to do now, or I believe he's learned to do, is just kind of completely forget about that and mm. to put them to, to the back of his mind and to move on and to focus on the next game. And you've got a player that's so good already and then he's able to make himself better by not taking notice of what people are saying about him. Um, yeah, just what a signing. As for Saul, I can only assume that he's going to be one of these rotation players who plays in the Champions League and... They're going to want to do the double, aren't they? And you you need players of Saul's quality to, to be able to do that. Couldn't agree more, boys. Couldn't agree more. Moving on to Liverpool and what some people would say is their lack of business. Just a one in for Liverpool is Ibrahima Kanate from RB Leipzig for £36 million. Liverpool pretty much recouped that money and a bit more by getting rid of the likes of Shaqiri, Harry Wilson, Gruwich, among others. Adam, obviously, we'll come to you first, being a Liverpool fan. What did you make of Liverpool's window in general? And did you think it was, you know, the meltdown that I know you saw, because I saw it on Twitter? Did, you know, was it was it as bad as all that? <laughs> it's, I think it's somewhere in the middle. You've mm. got, it's on Twitter right now, as you, as you rightly mentioned, there's, there are fans losing their minds at Liverpool transfer window this summer. 
Um, and, and then on the flip side, you've got people um, that are very much sort of uh, very pro FSG that, that are trying to make out that we've done all the right things. I, I think, as I said, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Mm. Um, look, I think it's excellent work to get all of our big names tied down to long-term contracts. Um, Salah is rumored to be the next one on the list as well, um, which is another big one. I think that's great business. I think the problem for me is that can be done at any point in the season. Um, we we didn't have to waste the whole summer doing that, but it's good that we have actually done that now. Yeah. Um, it, it was a brilliant. Canate uh, was a brilliant signing, of course. We 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 all know what happened Liverpool last season with with the injuries at centre back, and then as a result of of those getting injured, the midfielders that moved into centre back getting injured themselves. Um, <laughs> So, so, so look, they've gone and they've gone and strengthened, brought in another centre back, and and now we've we've arguably got the best pool of centre backs in the league. I would say mm. you're looking at Virgil Van Dijk and Matip behind him, Gomez, Canate, Nat Phillips as as your five sort of main centre backs. There, I'm not sure anybody else is stronger in my opinion. Um, feel free to call me out if you if you disagree. Comes us insane, um, disagrees. He's on his own though, Billy. He's on his own. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I, I think I think we could have done with I, the, the big issue for me is I think we could have done with another forward. Um, now, obviously, Klopp um, and, and FSG in the way that we we sort of run things at the moment is we will get the guy if it's the right guy, and if it's not, we we won't get anyone. If, if that makes sense, like it, it happened with Van Dijk. Um, instead of signing somebody else, we just waited until Van Dijk was available. It seemed very much like Mbappe was kind of that guy. There was a lot of, of credible sources sort of suggesting that Liverpool were, you know, taking a look at the situation. But when it was clear that he either was going to go for a massive amount of money or quite, it's more than likely he's going to end up at Real Madrid on a free next summer, there should have been some, some backup to that. You know, he, he yeah. was the most sought after player in world football in, in terms of, you know, he's a genuine future Ballon d'Or winner. Uh, for me, there should have been some sort of backup. And I think the thing that scared scared me a lot about the lack of signing in, in terms of the forward area was when Firmino got injured against Chelsea. Yeah. Because I, I sort of stopped. And I, there was a little rumour coming out that it could be up to three months that he was gone for. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right, okay, so Firmino's out, Jota comes in, it's the front three of Salah, Jota, Mane. Who's next? If we're struggling in a game, who do we bring on to get a goal out from the bench? The best player is Divock Origi. And look, he's a cult hero. He's done some great things for the club, mm-hmm. but it's not enough. It's not. He's not good enough to to be coming off the bench for Liverpool at this stage to to help us win a title or to help us win a Champions League. It, there should have been someone else, I think. Yeah. That, that we brought in, um, but it wasn't as big a meltdown for me as as everybody else said it was. I'd I'd give it maybe a six out of ten. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not one of one. I'm not one of the ones screaming, claiming that we need a wide Arvin replacement. I didn't think that was necessarily the case, but it is what it is. I'd agree with you, Adam. I, I think I am with you. I think it was somewhere in the middle. Canate, it needed to be done. We all knew that. We knew he'd come in. We signed him early on. When Wijnaldum initially was going at first, I was like, oh, you know, maybe we could. But looking at the options we had, there was no real need with the likes of Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott going to get more game time. I was in the camp with you striker for me or a forward type player would have been ideal for me that would have been perfect you know losing Shakiri while he didn't play you know he was an option like you said Firmino potentially out now we still don't really know how long he's out our, our option is you know Origi and Minamino and we've not seen the best of Minamino and we've seen the best of Origi and sadly that was three or four years ago so I, I honestly don't think he can offer too much Billy as an outsider looking at sort of the Liverpool situation. What what did you make of it? Um, the thing that worries me for Liverpool is the front line, like you've said. If mm. you've mentioned if Salah gets injured, if Mane gets injured, what about when they both go to the African Cup of Nations? Like yeah. what what's gonna happen then? You mm. the thing is it it then goes to January for you. Teams know that you've got your two best players leaving for two weeks potentially, however long it goes on for, and you'd need a replacement. That instantly puts prices up 20, 30, 40 percent. And yeah. all all of a sudden you you're like, well who who do we buy? And I don't know, that that's the thing for me that could could hinder 
a league or the Champions League even or a, a cup, some silverware. That's mm-hmm. it's the front line that that kind of would worry me. Um, but yeah, you've you've mentioned the midfield. I don't think there was any need for a wide Alden replacement, although he's a fantastic footballer. Um, yeah, I don't think you've you, like you mentioned Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones. Harvey Elliott's a fantastic, fantastic player, and he's already shown yeah. that just three games in. Curtis Jones is a player who I think Villa were linked with for a loan deal, which fell through. Whether whether it fell through or it was just paper talk kind of thing, I'm not too sure. Um, but another one who's a fantastic player. And then you've got the defence. Um, Canate, a fantastic signing, fantastic player. And like you mentioned, you've now got Canate, Van Dijk, Joe Gomez, Joel Matic, Nat Phillips. It's you've got good centre backs now, whereas it's gone from <laughs> it's gone from despair. Now they're back all fit, and it's. I mean, you're laughing. Yeah, I'd agree with you, and you know, it's it wasn't worth the meltdown that I saw on Twitter. We still got the best manager in the world, in my opinion. So believe in him and all will be fine. Uh, moving on from Liverpool, obviously, I know we spoke about Jack Grealish. That's pretty much City's business, wasn't it? it? was Grealish in, and we spoke about that. So we'll move on to the other side in Manchester, who have signed Jaden Sancho, Tom Heaton from Aston Villa, big signing that, Billy. Rafael Varane from Real Madrid, and obviously the, the biggest transfer... Of, of the window bar Lionel Messi is Cristiano Ronaldo moving back to Manchester United from Juventus boys what did you make of it it came out of nowhere in my opinion he was going to City and he ended yeah. up back at United Adam we'll come to you what, what were you sort of thinking when with um, United's window in general really you know everyone's sort of now forgetting that, that Sancho signed to them I think <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's going to come across like I'm just a I don't know if one want to call it like a salty Liverpool fan. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Man United needed a DM. That was yeah, that was they like need a midfielder, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody knew that before the summer started. What do Manchester United need? They need a DM. They signed a right way. Well they you could argue obviously look Baran's a huge improvement on Lindelof. I think a centre back was was another area they needed to strengthen. But and did they need to sign Jaden Sancho? I know it looked a bit embarrassing because they've been trying for the last two years to no avail. So they sort of needed to get it locked <laughs> down. But was did they need Jaden Sancho more than they needed a DM? No. Did they need Jaden Sancho more than they needed a centre back? No. It then seemed like obviously Manchester United's business was done, um, and, and obviously all the talk around Ronaldo going to City arose, and and I think it was a case of Ronaldo was going to put pen to paper. I don't think many people can disagree with that. He was yeah. going to sign for Man City, um, and and you know, and then it, it it kind of felt to me like uh, United. No matter how much money the Glazers spend, and look, I'm not saying the Glazers are good owners by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like no matter how much they spend, there's always this like backlash, and it's never good enough. Um, usually because it's not on the right players, I'll just say, um, and and we might see that again. Um, and it was almost like a like a dick swinging competition, you know, like who, who's got the biggest, like 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 you're not taking our player, he's going to come back to us, sort of thing. Because Ollie said in a press conference, the Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't in their plans. He then yeah. said, like two press conferences later, if you if he's ready to leave, we're here for him. So it just he was obviously he wasn't a part of their plans. I think their business was genuinely done for the summer. But then if they've got another. I think, what was it, about 20 million euros, but they're paying him 500k a week. If they've got that sort of money to still spend, buy a DM. Like, what are you doing? What are you you actually doing? Um, I said said it on, I said it on a show. I, I, I can't remember what show it was, but I said it recently. I was talking about Ronaldo and how, look, he's a great goal scorer. He'll probably be in the, in the conversation of, for the golden boot winner. But he takes so many goals away from the likes of Bruno Fernandes from Rashford. It, it hinders Greenwood's development in a sense that he won't be getting game time anymore. And this was supposed to be his breakout season. Yeah. Renato, Sancho, United is he going to get a game? <laughs> no. Yeah, he, he, he might, he might yeah, struggle. That, that's the thing. You've got uh, Greenwood as well, who's scored mm. three goals in three. Sancho's all of a sudden looking at this. You can't drop someone who's scored three goals in three, can you? 
Sancho is going to be looking at this as a £75 million player thinking, where do I fit in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think the uh, like the issue for Man United was never actually scoring goals. Like as in as in taking the chances that they do create, they they're always pretty good at doing it. I think they were like the third most clinical team in the league last season. Mm. The, the 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 struggle for United was firstly the defensive errors, which they partially covered with Varane. There's still that that hole in the defensive midfield position that we all know about. <laughs> Secondly, it was transitioning the ball from defence to attack, which again, that DM was supposed to help out. Like, Fred and McTominay cannot pass. They can't pass the ball five yards. I don't know what they're doing there. Um, so, so, so again, that's it's like another reason why they need a DM. And thirdly, it was actually creating the chances and, and you know attacking quick enough to create the chances. When they created the chances, they'd score the goals. That, was, that wasn't the issue. Yeah. But that's all Ronaldo's going to do for them is he's going to be in the box to finish the chances that they weren't already creating enough of. Um, so look, I think Ronaldo will score a lot of goals. He'll return a lot of individual success. I don't actually think, and I know it's a bold statement, um, I know there's a few that agree with me, a lot that don't. I don't think Ronaldo actually makes them a more uh, capable title win inside. I, I think they are just as likely as they were without him. Do you know what? I, I can't argue with your points. You, you've, 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 you've given it credibility, and that's all you, you know you can do. And I, do you know what? I agree with you, mate. I think everybody, United fans included, you know, they've been all they scream about when United players. Why the fuck is Fred on the pitch? And and you know, surely, <laughs> and I can imagine Solskjaer's probably thinking the same thing. Well, I've got to play him. You know, there's no one else there. Um, I just don't understand why, like you said, Adam, why they, you know, they're spending all this money a week on Ronaldo when they need to fix problems that they have. You know, like you said, they score goals for fun anyway. You don't need to add another player who's going to score more goals. That's what Sancho was brought in for. You know, they need someone to play in midfield and and, and fix that. Billy, what what do you make of United's situation? Um, I've been fairly vocal, as always, about the Sancho deal. Not like you. Not like you. <laughs> um, I, I think I've always said that I think that Sancho is going to be a flop this season. Um, mm-hmm. I think it will take him some time to get used to the English ways again. Before I just mentioned Greenwood and how well he's doing. Um, the thing that United have now, though, with Varane and Ronaldo, are born winners. They know how to win. They only want to win. Yeah, yeah. Varane improves that defence tenfold. He's a fantastic defender. You've got to be playing at Real Madrid for so long in that team as well. When Mm -hmm. they win four Champions Leagues on the spin, or was it three, something like that? Um, Three, I think, in a row, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. but he's won four. Yeah, and then and then you've got Ronaldo to add to that, who's one of the greatest player of all time. I still think Messi's better. Um, but yeah, the thing with Ronaldo is his leadership is the effect that he'll have on the dressing room. I don't think you'll be having the likes of Paul Pogba and Jesse Lingard dancing round like it's mm. been known before. Ronaldo will click his fingers, tell them to shut the fuck up and get on with their work kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's something I think Ronaldo will bring and whether it makes them title contenders, I don't think it does. Could they be closer than what they were? Absolutely. Ronaldo can, you saw it last night. I know it was only the Republic of Ireland, but two well, minutes. Don't let Paul you say that. <laughs> 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 They've got John Egan at centre back. I can say what I want. What? <laughs> <laughs> Ronaldo, uh, yeah, Ronaldo, two goals in two minutes, they win the game. That yeah. That's the effect that he can have at the end of the day. But do I think they're going to win the league? No. Do I think they're going to win the Champions League? No. Do I think they could win an FA Cup? Yes. It's, it's that no. kind of thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, that genuine question now for both of you, do you think Solskjaer now needs to win a, a league cup, anything to, to 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 make this United side not classed as a failure. If he doesn't win anything this year, does he have to leave with the talent, with the money that he spent? Do Adam, do you think he's got to go if he doesn't win anything this year? Yeah, of course he does. I think I think he could have been sold. Uh, sorry, could have been sold. I think he could have been sacked about <laughs> four or five times already. Yeah. Um, but the thing is now is he had these little excuses before. 
you know, about maybe the team that he had to work with. He was still a bit inexperienced. Um, despite him, he already had 10 years under his belt as a manager, by the way, but it's a different conversation. <laughs> um, it's just all the people that say he's inexperienced. Yeah. Um, the thing for me now is he spent almost half a billion. Like he, it's like 400 and something million he's spent now. Mm. And, and the, you know, the Europa League final last season was bad enough. Now, with this much money spent and Cristiano Ronaldo, because I'm, look, I'm open to be proven wrong. As I said, I don't think he will make them a title winning team, but obviously most people do. So I'm sort of sat here saying, well, go on then, go and go and win something. Because if you don't, <laughs> having spent league, that yeah. much money with that squad, it's a massive failure. Like they yeah. can't afford to not win something next mm. season, I don't think. And, and I think now is probably the first season where the pressure really is on Ollie now. You know, he's had a good few years now. As I said, he spent nearly 500 million. He has to deliver. Billy, do you agree? Do you think he has uh, to deliver? Yeah, absolutely agree. I think United's biggest problem is the PE teacher they've got of a manager. Mm. It's, right, if, if you used to have oh God, uh, Conte off the top of my head. <laughs> they win something, he, don't they? They win something and then they are serious title contenders because he wouldn't leave Fred played in central defensive midfield. <laughs> you know, even even Mourinho, as, as as hated as he was at United, you know, he still won two or three trophies there. Yeah. You know, the, these people, you know, they're born winners, aren't they? They know what the, how to get the best out of a, a shit side. And yeah. Mourinho did, and, you know, he won you know, was an FA Cup and a, a Europa yeah. League or what. You'll, you'll probably see Ronaldo managing on the pitch like like he did against uh, for Portugal. Uh, Portugal yeah, yeah when he got subbed off in the final he he was he, he basically said to the manager just sit down mate I've got this yeah. <laughs> right. I, th- I think that's what we could genuinely see happen on the pitch yeah. he's delegating and being the captain probably without being the captain yeah yeah I couldn't agree more Quickly, boys, moving on to a transfer that didn't happen was Harry Kane to Manchester City. Um, Adam, did you think this deal would go through? Did you think City would have got Kane? Did you think Kane really wanted to go there? I, I don't think it was ever going to happen, um, but that was just because of the logistics of the, the, the negotiations, really. like he, Kane still has three years left on his contract. Clubs don't really usually start negotiating the sale of a player I think it's usually until they get down to about two years um obviously there are exceptions to that but w- what I mean by that is you know, Spurs could demand 150 million for Kane with three years left on his contract yeah next year when there's two years left on his contract the value hasn't really gone down I don't think I think with two years left they could still demand that mm. it's, it's when it gets down to sort of one year that you start thinking oh, okay like we're but gonna have to sort to of that one year you know he's pushing what 31 yeah, well, are, that, well, yeah you'd like to think Tottenham are going to be moving on by that point and, and looking at the future anyway and getting someone in but I, yeah. I'd agree with you I think um, I'd, I didn't think I thought it was either going to be Grealish or Kane I didn't think it would would actually ever be both of them no nah, I, I think it was too hard to do um, mm. but it was obvious he wanted the move though I think he did everything in the playbook to get the move yeah. um, the only thing he didn't do was hand in a transfer request but mm. I think I think he's, he I think did it, essentially though was, without actually doing yeah, it, didn't he? That's, yeah. that's what I mean. It was it was. I, I think Kane bottled the whole thing because um, he's if he'd if he'd have handed in a transfer request, at least he might have got the move. But he's still in a position where he didn't have the balls to hand in a transfer request. Yeah. But he still lost the respect of so many Spurs fans. His legacy, let's face it, has been tarnished, and he doesn't. He still hasn't got his move. And he put up that bollocks statement on Twitter, like, oh, uh, I'm, I'm staying this summer. It was the support of the fans that made me stay. And I was like, oh, shut up, mate. <laughs> yeah. You didn't stay because you weren't allowed. The City didn't think you were worth £150 million. That's the only reason you're still at Spurs. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, like you say, he did everything he could to get the move without coming out and basically saying, I want to leave. He, he, if some people say he wasn't supposed to come back to training Tottenham said he was you know it was I don't really want to be his agent was lobbying it was it was a mess Billy did you think that Kane would have left Tottenham if he had the chance if the offer come in would would the love of the fans kept him there 
Absolutely not. And I think I think the only, <laughs> I think the only reason he stayed is because of Daniel Levy and essentially not doing what Jack Grealish did and having a release clause in his contract. That's why yeah. the, that's why players put a release clause in the in your contract. So if people can buy you out if they want to buy you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's extortionate amounts of money. If maybe if it was two hundred million, and they said, "All right, well, that, uh, he's got a release clause. You can pay. You can pay the release clause if you want." Yeah. Then may, maybe he does get that move. Maybe they go for all in on Harry Kane instead of um, Jack Grealish. And but I, I don't know. Um, it, it's a complicated one. If the offer came in and Daniel Levy accepted it, then. The love of the fans certainly wouldn't affect <laughs> Harry Kane there. <laughs> Do you think uh, City go back in for him next year, Billy? I don't. I don't see why they would. When you've got mm. when you could get Haaland, I think for what is it, seventy million? Although yeah. it, although his wages will be absolutely extortionate, Haaland can. It doesn't matter to them, though, does it? Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter no, to them. It, it doesn't matter, <laughs> and he can guarantee you goals for what. 10 years pretty much at least at half the price <laughs> yeah exactly um and to be honest with you i don't get why if man city were willing to spend 150 million why they wouldn't have just spent 20 million more to mm. meet Borussia dortmund's asking price for harlan this summer yeah yeah it, I didn't, I, because I didn't he, he's give you he just gives you more time he gives you so much longer Whereas Harry Kane, like you say, he's coming in not far off his thirties. It's in his injury record as well. Yeah, you know, it's although he can, although he'll definitely score goals and he'll be uh, be able to be subbed off a lot more at Man City. He'll probably be able to manage his injuries a lot better. Um, yeah, Haaland just gives you so much longer. I think it. Sorry, I think it benefits City as well. Look going for Haaland over Kane. I'm gonna make an outrageous statement here, but Manchester City's main objective is to win the Champions League. Let's face it, something yeah. that they've never been able to do before. You look at Harry Kane in finals. I think he's played five or six finals now, and he's failed to deliver in every single one of them. Hmm. And I think he scored a goal. Yeah. Um, he always looks. I, I, he always looks shit in a final, doesn't he? Yeah, like, yeah. Just, no, he, he, he England, you know the the Euros, yeah. nothing. That Champions League final, I know he's back from injury, but he did absolutely nothing in it. You know the League Cup oh, final, useless. Oh yeah, he was every like you say every final he's played in just. Even Spurs even, even out in the Europa League yeah. last season, he missed yeah. like an open net pretty much. Because obviously yeah. the World Cup with the whole. Passing it to Sterling thing, but Sterling probably would have missed anyway. But it's just irrelevant. <laughs> if he didn't pass it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like I'm not saying he's a bad player, but he's he does carry that sort of Spursy mentality, if you want to say it like that. He, he, he does tend to. I think that's a perfect way of putting it. To be honest, yeah, <laughs> yeah he does everything everything great until the last game of the season yeah. when they need something until it's needed <laughs> and he does nothing yeah yeah couldn't agree more could not agree more I think City will go for Haaland next year I dread to think if they actually do sign him how long City's dominance is going to go on for you know it's sort of one of those things where you look at it on paper and just think fucking what's the point of even bothering to turn up and play football when you know that's who's going to win the league <laughs> that's, that's the thing that's my guy subscription <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm so glad that they didn't get Harry Kane because mm. you still got some kind of competitive edge to the league yeah. if they if they get that striker that they also need like it's, it is genuinely game over and I was seeing Man City fans during the window before the Grealish transfer and all of that, saying that they would be happy with just signing someone like Danny Ings, someone who can is there, who can score yeah. the goals, who can score penalties. Uh, you, yeah. you know, you know what I mean. It, they just they did just need that one goal scorer. They didn't need another midfielder. And Danny Ings, yeah, maybe he gets the odd injury here and there. But he's missed, I think it was like 11 games out of the last two seasons through injuries, which isn't an awful lot when you think about it. I think, uh, do you know what? I think he'd have been a, a cracking sign for City, Danny Ings. Oh, well. Oh, personally. <laughs> I know, yeah. You're buzzing. You're, you're going. 
I do. I do actually think he, he would have like fit in really well into that yeah. side. How he's just that poacher. That... He's just that poacher yeah. that they need. Billy, you know, because Manchester City you're playing with is it's kind of like a false nine at the minute with that centre forward, whether it be Gundogan, De Bruyne, Ferran Torres, whoever it may be there. How do you think Jack Grealish could like fit into that? Could you think he could play that role for them this season? Or um, I don't think that he could play the false nine for them, but I think it's evident that he can play on the wing. He can play as a number eight as well when needed. I think something that got really underlooked when he was at Villa was his defensive capabilities as well. His tracking back was incredible as well as his, obviously, his talent going forward as well. So, yeah, he, he can play anywhere on either wing. He said it He said it before about England. He'll say it about Villa when he was there and Man City. Wherever the team needs him to play, he'll play. But talking of that, like, false nine kind of player, I don't know whether he would fit that. But, hmm. yeah, he, he can fit in on the wing or in midfield. It really doesn't matter. Free up the space for someone else to play in that position, yeah. I, I'd imagine. I think uh, to end, boys, that I think that the, the best transfer for me, though, was Newcastle signing, actually signing Santiago yeah. from the film Goal. Yeah, Santiago Munez realised his dream, went to Newcastle, and he didn't. He looked so happy to be there. <laughs> and uh, you know, Newcastle put out a great tweet, didn't they? Saying you know yeah. that the dream continues or whatever, and uh, yeah. and, and sort of mock themselves for signing him. But, uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, know, I think I think that was as soon as he burst onto the scene, Twitter was just in. It was a madness. Everyone was saying Newcastle <laughs> need to buy him. And it just feels like it was, uh, oh, we've got to. A bit of a PR kind of stunt. Yeah, it's a bit of a PR <laughs> stunt, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's it's funny. Who knows how he'll get on, whether he'll be as good as, as the, uh, the movie version of himself, <laughs> almost. But, He's got big, big shoes to step in, hasn't he? He has. He certainly has. That's that's all we've got time for, lads. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Obviously, lots more transfers we could have spoke about, but I think we'd have been here all night if we had done that. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Billy. And don't forget, yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are still sponsored by Manscaped. So if you want to head over there and get 20% off your order and free shipping at Manscaped, you can use the promo code SCREAMERS20, like I said, for 20% off and free shipping on your order at manscaped.com. Thank you for joining us and cheery bye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.